Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. On our main menu tonight, we are celebrating what we call the apostles of the new economy. Somebody called me and said, apostles. And I said, oh yes, apostles are just disciples. People who are breaking new grounds. People who are pioneering a particular field. And this program, Springboard, is about celebrating people. And we've spoken about the new economy for a while. Because we have said over and over that the kind of careers, businesses, jobs that existed 10 years ago are gradually giving way to a new crop. And today, when people come out of university or start their career, you will no longer assume that they are going down the traditional path of doctor, lawyer, engineer, etc. There are new career paths and opportunities that have come up. And today, we will be celebrating some of the people who are breaking new paths and very importantly, blazing the trail and connecting other people to the opportunities. It is important to mention that some of these people are very young people who are doing extraordinary things and others are a bit more senior. But most importantly, one thing that unites them, they are all achievers in one field or another. And they are blazing the trail and pointing the way for others to follow. If you know somebody who is doing something extraordinary tonight, just listen. Who knows? That person may be celebrated. And if you are doing something that is opening a new ground or opening up a new industry or creating innovation in an existing industry, just stay tuned because out of nowhere, your name may just pop up as one of the people that we are celebrating on the show tonight. I know none of you is aware of it, but listen, we just want to celebrate your achievements. So call somebody to call somebody to tune into Springboard, your virtual university, because they just might be celebrated for their relentless efforts at opening up a new industry. This is Springboard, your virtual university. And as I announced earlier, we are celebrating 10 people who have broken ground in their fields of endeavor. People who have dared to step out and open up, opened up a particular space and created opportunity in that area. And so I'm going to start in no particular order to show you why we are celebrating these people. Let me start with the person called Kafui Day. Kafui Day is a media professional corporate master of ceremonies. He's in the advertise, he's an advertising professional and a seminar speaker. He was educated at the University of Ghana and spent several years as a salesman in shipbroking, air travel, commercial shipping, broadcast media, and building maintenance industries before setting up his own business, Day Marketing Ventures, to focus on his varied interests. Why are we interested in Kafui Day? Because he left a, a job as a sales executive to start a job principally as a corporate MC. What is a corporate MC? How can somebody leave a sales job and start an in, start a job as a corporate MC? But he seems to be rising from strength to strength. And so tonight we have Kafui Day on the line. We want to find out Kafui, how the work is like as a corporate MC and what drove that decision. And looking back, is he sure he made the right decision? Kafui, good evening. Well, uh, happy New Year to you. Good many to hear your voice. Many happy returns, my brother. You are a good man, and it's it's good to hear from you this 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 year. It's my pleasure to be on 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 Springboard. Right. So let's start with you. We are we are doing what we call the apostles of the new economy. As you probably know by now, in Springboard, we've been teasing out the idea that in this decade, in this millennium, in this twenty first century, 
new opportunities are coming up that didn't exist before. And you left a sales job to become a corporate MC principally as well as other things that you are doing. Tell me, what, mm-hmm. drove, what drove your decision? I wanted to do something that would take full cognizance of the talents that I had. Um, you know, in 2009, I, I became the host of Who Wants to Be uh, Rich, the game show. But, but from day one, when I took that job, I, I knew that one day I wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that job. I, it wouldn't be a job that I would be doing forever. And um, whilst I was at it, I said, why don't I leverage on things that um, I see as my strengths and to carve out something for myself and uh, create my own and, uh, and run with it? Uh, going, becoming a, a corporate MC wasn't too different from what I had been doing up until then because as a salesman, you are dealing with uh, varied scenarios all the time. You are talking to people, new people all the time. You are trying to make a connection with people as quickly as possible and you have to be organized, otherwise you don't get anything sold. So I basically used all the things that I had learned and acquired in my previous 17 years as a salesman, as a media person, as a TV personality. I sat down and, and thought, look, I need to do something that um, will, first of all, give me time for myself and for my family, and also leverage on things that I'm good at, and uh, which I can use to make an impact. Let me find out from world. you. Yes. At the, be- at the beginning, were there times mm-hmm. when there was no money? Definitely. The first three months were dread, <laughs> if there's any other word I, to put I like it. that. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning, so you're wondering, hey, Charlie, um, it will get better, but the when is the issue. I had no doubt in my mind that it was something that was going to succeed. But I, but I, I prepared myself for fallow periods. So I... I, I I was confident that, look, the word had to come out that this is what you can do because I found out very soon, very early, that a lot of people have pigeonholed me into being a TV presenter. And so, uh, are you sure you can really do this? Uh, whereas I was thinking that it was a natural extension of, uh, of, of, uh, of where I was into where I wanted to go, but people didn't actually see it like that. And so I spent the first two months sending out a lot of text messages, a lot of emails, and uh, I found out in the end that it's somebody who saw you doing something at one event and who recommended it to another person, and that actually did the trick. So you're, you're saying that personal references were your main source of marketing? Personal references were very powerful, and writing, because um, I started not too long after, uh, just before I finished, uh, uh, just before I resigned from my sales job, I started writing in the Business and Financial Times. And uh, I found out that weekly, putting my thoughts on what I was doing and what the in and out of my job was, teaching people what I was learning, actually gave me a kind of a, a calling card into people's minds because you go somewhere and they say, are oh, you the gentleman who's been writing those articles? Hmm, I'm learning a lot. And I had feedback from all kinds of people. So I think that also kind of created a brand. Right. This guy knows what he's talking about. Right. And he's put his thoughts down and weekly he's writing about it. He must know what he's doing. Let's give him a chance. Kapi, so, I, know, I know you've compiled those thoughts into a book on how to MC yes. any event. Definitely so. Right. Wish you success with that book. But before you go, let me put you a very, a very direct question to you. Are you earning more money now? Definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt. No regrets. Not a single one. Kafi Day. I have the full support of my, my, my family. My wife gave me 100% backing and 
my mother, when she was alive, God bless her, so gave me the, 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 the full back. And she asked me, look, does your wife know that you're going to this? If she says yes, go ahead. <laughs> and I got those blessings and I was, I was through. It's been great and I'm enjoying it. The lesson from Kafri, if your mother is in support and your wife is in support, it shall be well. Kafri, happy new year and wish you the very best. I wish you the same, Reverend. Thank right you very much. And thank, thank you. Thank you. You were an inspiration behind the title. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Congratulations to you as well. All right. So <laughs> that was the first of our apostles of the new economy. Kafri Day left a sales job to go and start a career as a corporate MC and is leveraging that brand in different directions. The second person we want to celebrate is for literary development. She's invested quite a bit of her resources and her efforts into developing literature and actually created her own prize that is called the Golden Bow. Baobab Prize. It started as the Baobab Prize, now called the Golden Baobab Prize, and it's a foundation for education registered in Ghana that gives out prizes to people in the area of literature. The, the person we are celebrating tonight is Deborah. We want to celebrate Deborah Ahinkra as our second apostle of the new economy. Deborah, good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me on. First of all, thank you for waiting on the line. It's a blessing to be connected to you today and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. It's a blessing as well. Thank you. Right. So you are our second celebrant on the apostles of the new economy. Tell us, where did the idea of the golden baobab emerge from? Where did you conceive this concept or this idea? Um, so um, it, it, I never really dreamed the topic, kind of happened organically. I've always been interested in children's books. I was a huge reader growing up and um, I was um, I got a scholarship to go to university in the U.S. and while there there was someone who was building a library in Ghana and she needed support. So I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity to help. So I started an organization to collect donated books in the U.S. and ship them to different countries. After shipping about 8,000 books to more than 30 countries, I realized that all the books we were sending down were books about other people. So I thought, you know, what would it take to ensure that we have so much of our own literature um, in different African countries that we really may not need to be solving literacy problems by getting books from abroad? Um, so I thought, well, the first step as a college student at that time, the only thing I could do was to begin to find people who could write and, and, and inspire them and reward them. So that's how I started the, um, the Golden Belba Prize as a way to get African writers to create stories for children. And um, yeah, five years down the line, we're still, we're still doing that literature prize. We've launched a prize for illustrators. We're going into publishing and production of children's content in the, in the coming years. So it's been um, quite a journey. So how do you raise the funding, Deborah, for your concept? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, in the beginning, there was no money. Um, I thought, you know, if I'm going to wait around for the money, I'm not going to get started. So I'm going to do whatever I can without the money. And then once, you know, I hit the point when I need money, I'll find it. So um, in the beginning, part of the prize money was self-funded. Part of it was me going to friends and, you know, asking, you know, you need to give me a CD, you need to give me a dollar, five CDs, 10 CDs, um, so I can make this work. Um, so that was the early days, but as it gained traction, um, we got we won a few fellowships that gave some seed, um, some seed funding, seed capital, and as we grow, I think we're going to look more into developing various kinds of partnerships 
um, where it's a win-win for, for everybody who wants to be in this space. So for the benefit of our, of our listeners, just give us an idea about what category of prizes do you do you offer so that somebody listening tonight who's written a, a manuscript or who's considering publishing will know that they, there's an opportunity on the Golden Baobab Prize. Let, let me just give somebody yeah. a chance to win a prize on, on your scholarship or on your scheme. Okay, so um, what, the, what Golden Baobab says is that, look, we can create African stories for children and they can be as captivating and as enthralling as any of the best books in the world. So that's the challenge that we throw out. So annually we give um, a prize to the best picture book manuscript, the best early chapter book manuscript, and a prize to the best writer um, below the age of 18 years. And, and, and the competition is African, Africa-wide. Um, so it's not just again, it's still on the continent. So to, to be able to get find the competition, I think alone without even gaining the prize, um, it's a prize in itself, right? It's say that as a writer you've gained this kind of recognition and um, all the information is on our website goldenbaobab.org so people can definitely um, um, check that out all right, uh, Deborah, I wish you the very best and just stay connected to Springboard. We want to look out for what you are doing this year and we'll use our platforms to continue to champion what you folks are doing, celebrate you as often as we can, pray for you, wish you the very best. And next year, by this time, we want to find out what you've been able to do this year. But we wish you the very best and Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much. You too. Right. You. 25 minutes past the hour of of seven o'clock this is springboard your virtual university tonight we're just taking time off as our first show of the year to celebrate people principally young people who are doing amazing things and then also some um a bit older uh, achievers but the common thread that runs through all of them is that these are people who are breaking new grounds they are walking away from the traditional career paths that we know and opening up new spaces what is our objective that somebody listening tonight who's unemployed could say that listen i don't need to follow the route everyone else is following there are new paths i can follow to help me achieve my dream that's our new year gift to you tonight the next person we are celebrating we've celebrated so far kafui day for corporate MC and we've celebrated Deborah Henkra for literary development that is the Golden Baobab prizes. The next person we want to celebrate trained at Ashesi University in ICT and after six years in the banking and technology industry, she decided to follow her passion and founded her own social startup called Soronko Solutions, which creates and manages ventures that apply technology to promote social development. Among the projects that she has launched at Soronko include one that introduced deaf girls to technology at a state deaf school in Ghana, including apps that promote communication in a society where sign language is limited. The name is Regina Ajari, and she's led Soronko Solutions to develop a number of apps for disabled persons, as well as promote the interest in technology among girls and women. We have Regina on the line. Regina, good evening. Good evening. A happy new year to you from the entire Springboard family. Happy new year to you. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. All right, so you left a job in the banking industry where you were the only female in the IT department. Did you get resistance from family and friends? No, no. Um, actually, to be fair, I didn't really ask for assistance. I'm sure I would have, but they gave me their support and blessing, which is very important. Right. So I used my life savings. I like the way you put it. So you, walk, you walked away from the job to follow your passion. What was the driving yeah. force? 
Um, you know, like how we are trained when we are growing up is um, you are supposed to go to school, get a good job. If you're a woman, you're supposed to marry, start a family. You know, that's the sort of training that you get. I mean, um, we're not taught to be entrepreneurial in, in any shape or form. So I, um, I felt like I had to skip to the system. You know, I felt like I had to follow that sort of trend. And I realized that I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy because I felt like there was so much more that I could do. And uh, I just became like uh, doing the nine to five, you know, I was, I just wasn't fulfilled. And I felt like there was so much I could do. So it wasn't an easy decision. So, but it, it, it never is. So I, it was like ripping a bandage off. I just took the decision. Let, give us an insight into, particularly into the designing of applications for people who are disabled. It, it's something that's fascinating as here at Springboard. Give us an idea about how it worked. Okay, so what happened was that um, I run, well, I have these two other initiatives that I run. One is called Growing STEM, where we teach rural kids about science and technology. You know, we're trying to break from the root memorization way that um, education is taught, especially that's, science and that's technology. That's true and poor. That's true and poor, yes. Um, we believe that we're missing out in the innovative path of children when they have their creative and natural curiosity. So it's like when you reach university, people are like, why are the people in KNUSD not building stuff, you know? And we are a consuming nation. We don't create. So we want to fix it from the roots. And what was interesting was that we were asked to introduce this program to deaf um, girls in the state school of, uh, of the deaf. And, um, you know, it takes something away when I teach and I have to t- tell an interpreter because the interpreter will interpret what I'm saying in his or her own way. So I thought, this is really serious. How can I communicate? And the thing is, I was very ignorant about how many deaf people or the situation that the deaf or the disabled have to face in Ghana because it's like, you know, they are hidden away. So it's like we don't really see or hear much of them if you don't see them begging on the street. So prior to that, I thought, oh, there are probably like a hundred deaf children, you know. And so when I went to the state school of the deaf, I realized that there were literally like, there are like over 200,000 deaf children. And the problem was very serious. They can't communicate with their families and they can't communicate with healthcare professionals. I mean, they are totally ostracized from society. When we asked the girls, what do they want to be when they grow up? Their highest aspiration was to be a hairdresser. The boys was, was to be a torture driver. And I was like, wow. So just because they can't speak or hear, that's, I mean, in my opinion, that little disability restricts them from living a full life. So I thought that's just ridiculous. So we, we developed this application that converts text into sign language so that, you know, um, they could find a way of communicating. And when we introduced the app to them, they were so excited. So we thought, wow, I mean, this has so much potential. And we are, we are looking into working with them. I've actually gone to the, um, uh, the National Association of the Deaf, and we're looking into also converting voice into sign language. All right, um, Regina, before you go, let me just ask you, if somebody was walked up to you and said, I have a concept, I have an idea, I want to do something, it involves, it involves some risk, and I'm, and I'm scared, but I also believe in what I'm going to do, what one word will you give them? They should go for it. Go for I it. I mean, yes, the fear never leaves. I mean, you, you go for it despite the fear. If I say I'm, I'm 100% confident that everything is going to go, well, I'm lying. I still, every day, wake up with the fear, but I go for it anyways. Will you call that faith? Yes, faith. Yes, yes, definitely faith. You know, <laughs> Regina, thanks for joining us on Springboard. We wish you the very best in, you in your endeavors. Much. And as I, I said to Deborah earlier on, we will continue to pray for all of you all year through and many others who are also pioneering new ventures so that yours can become the trail that would help others also step out and live out their dreams.
Thank you so much. God bless you. I God bless you too. Bye-bye. Right, so this is Springboard, your virtual university. 28 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. If you just joined us tonight, it's, an, it's, an, it's, a, it's a New Year edition. And we are showing the, the new things, showcasing the new things that are happening, particularly in what we call the new economy. People who are stepping out and doing stuff that you wouldn't have thought about 10, 20 years ago, making a living out of them, and then also creating opportunities for others. I'm going to take a brief musical break. When I come back, I'm going to give you more of the apostles of the new economy. I'm going to play the song Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood. Why are we playing this song? Because this year, you will need the Lord to work with you from beginning till the end. It is 24 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock, and this is definitely springboard your virtual university. And if you probably joined us just a few minutes ago, what we have been doing today in our New Year edition is to pick out people who are doing some very amazing things and celebrating them on the show. We call them the apostles of the new economy. Why are we celebrating them? Because as a program, one of our objectives is to celebrate people, celebrate accomplishment and achievement, and use that as a springboard to raise many more achievers across the continent of Africa. So far, we've touched base with four people. We've We've touched base with Kafui Day, we've touched base with Deborah Ahinkra, and we've also mentioned Regina Ajari. These are people who are doing amazing things that we want to celebrate on this show, and we trust that as we go along, we will continue to celebrate many more people. If you believe that you are doing something and it's not as yet been mentioned, believe me, one of these days you will come up in big, big time and you will be celebrated for what you are doing. The next person that we'll be celebrating on the show is somebody that we'll be having in the next few weeks on the show, so we will not have him on the line today, but it's somebody that we truly appreciate. And for some time now, we've seen interesting developments on our streets with people selling food and reaching out to people passing in their cars. And it started and people laughed because it looked very interesting. But as time as it gained traction, we found it crossing over to the western, eastern, Volta, central, Ashanti regions. It, it, it just began to cross across the place. And cooking has now become a brand that is recognized not just in Ghana, but across Africa. And the story is celebrated. And the man is Albert Osei. We'll be having Albert in the studio one of these days to talk about the story of Coco King, the barriers that he overcame, the challenges that he dealt with, and how the next generation of entrepreneurs can learn from his vision and his fortitude. The big thing about him is that he left the banking profession, a sure and steady job to start this job that processes food and that packages for people. We'll be finding out 10 years from now where he hopes to be and why a man with a degree in business finance and a master's degree in finance would sell cocoa. That's a story that you want to hear in full. But the next celebrant in no particular order is Albert Osei of Coco King. Tonight, we are celebrating these apostles of the new economy. Right. The fifth company we are celebrating is called Real People's Company. They design and they build bags. Now, the mission is to use quality materials, simply sim- um, functional design to make bags that create a signature for their customers. RPC is a Ghanaian company and it does major in the making of bags. We'll be coming up with RPC in a minute, but that's what we are celebrating tonight. We have Kweku on the line, the CEO of IPC. RPC on the line. We'll be finding out from him how he birthed this vision, what are the barriers that he has overcome, and what is the way forward for real people's company. The name sounds very interesting, real people. 
Let's find out from Kiku why the name Real People and what we should expect from Real People's Company. Hello, good evening. Yeah, hello, good evening. Kiku, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. So, so tell us tell us about Real People's Company and why you chose that name and what the, the why the mission to produce bags. <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot. Well, Real People's Company, the name was actually birthed um, when we came out of school. We... We looked around and we looked at the people we were trying to um, interact with or sell our products to. And then we realized that they were very passionate about the things they were into. Um, we called it, we described it the new Ghana. And those were like young people who were coming out to school. And, um, you know, they had their own ideas as to what they wanted to do. They didn't actually want to go the traditional way as in, um, the things they studied in the school were the direct things were going to apply. So um, some of them branched into various areas, and um, we looked at them. We're like, you know, these are people who know what they want. They're passionate about it, and they're going for it. So they're real people. So we wanted to build a company that would reflect DC. That's it. You keep talking about we. Who, um, Kweku, your name is Kweku Akrofi. Who did you build this company with? Well, there are a number of people who are now PC. Um, there's a uh, <laughs> actually right now we're we're a team. We're called Team of Three. But then there are people who have been a part of the company since I started. Then the idea actually came to, to me in SS. Um, we, so like, what a guy and I, he was running. And um, so he came together. We, we made T-shirts and we sold them in school. Then we made a couple of bags and then we sold that too. And that's how our PhD basically developed. So it was up to uni and we decided to take it full-time, basically. So you, so, you, you, you produce bags full-time? Yeah, we produce bags. So we design and make our bags. Give me an idea about what kind of degree you got from the university. <laughs> I did, I did IT. I studied IT. I did, you know, computer science in, in uni. So, so that's, that's what I did. So uh, do you use your IT to design the bags or what? Well, yes. Well, it, it's really come in handy because I use some 3D programs. Um, it's I do so I do design. I do some of the graphic design on my own. Um, I, I do web, website design. It's so... I mean, all those skills have come into hand because if I didn't have any knowledge about those things, it would be a bit daunting to, you know, to study these other tools on my own and apply them in what I'm doing. Cook, I'm very interested in what you will call the critical success factor for you, uh, for your company. What, what do you think has made you successful? I think for us, it's perseverance and the desire to be unique. Um, perseverance because, you know, this is, you know, you know, you know what they say, um, how do you call it? It's only nine, one out of nine companies survived in the first four years of the development. Our PC has been around. The idea has been around for some time now, and for we're almost three years old now. And we're pursuing it with passion. And so there's a perseverance in us, to, you know, to do something unique. Um, there's been so many constraints working in Ghana, of course, for production materials, the type of materials we are looking for, workmanship, all those things. But we persevered, and we made products that we can confidently say we are proud of. So perseverance, and then. Um, you know, being unique. Um, you know, we, we live in an era where even though people want to do things, they tend to, how do you call it, photocopy what other people are doing. And um, I'm thinking that if we're, we're going to be innovative, you know, innovation comes from applying things from, from areas that have, you know, previously not been linked. Right. And so, yeah, basically, you know, you can't conjure something out of the air, of course. But, you know, when you look at two things that were previously unrelated and you're able to bring those things together, that's what makes you innovative. That's what makes you unique. And I think that's what we are doing in our PC. Innovation, perseverance, uniqueness. Before you go, before you go, who are who are the principal consumers of your service? The principal consumers of our service? Well, most, most of them are workers. Um, and then those in the tertiary institutions. 
locally? But a lot, a lot more. Uh, yeah, locally and internationally. Internationally, um, it's um, it's you know a lot of how do you call it Ghanaians and diaspora. Um, they have, they have seen our products. They're very proud of it. So we have a lot of orders from them, and um, as far as it shows that we are doing something right. Well, we wish you the very best, and we trust that we can do this again and again and again. Definitely. definitely. Our best wishes for you for the new year. Thank you. Thank you. Right. It's 17 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. This is Springboard of Virtual University. We are rolling down the down as we, ce- as we celebrate achievers in various fields. And our focus tonight really is people who are breaking grounds in what we call the new economy, doing unconventional things, but very importantly, opening up the spaces in, in, in the employment for other people and then showing the way that it can be done. It doesn't need to be along the traditional career paths that we all are used to. If you know somebody who's having challenges, carry, needs career counseling, ask them to tune in tonight. Who knows? They just might pick up one idea that can turn their lives around. The next company we are celebrating is a Ghanaian company, but it's based in Canada, and it makes eyeglasses from reclaimed material. The company is called Boating, and we have Dana Osei Boating on the line. Dana, good, good evening. Uh, good evening. Can I can I um, correct you real quickly? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm Nana Kujo. I'm the Kujo. brother. Nana Kujo. Yeah. Say okay. So we are right. talking about boating, but you are Nana Kujo. Say yeah. My brother is Nana Boating. Okay. And he's the one who actually started the company. Absolutely. Canada. Thanks for the correction. So let's talk about eyeglasses from reclaimed material. Where did the idea come from? Um, I think with my brother, he's always been trying to find things that kind of merge his uh, passions and his ideas. Um, and he's an environmental studies major um, in Canada. He just graduated. And he's also somebody who's always had a, a love of fashion and um, this presentation. So it came about because we felt like a lot of times we focus too much on creating services and not creating products which we feel embody who we are so what he went about doing was he tried to merge his world of a love of fashion with a love of sustainable living and uh boating sunglasses was formed right so you're talking about a love for environmental preservation or development and then also for fashion fusing them into creating products so hello I'm saying that, so you're saying that he merged his two passions, that is the environment and the love for fashion, to create products that were environmentally friendly and then yet met the need to, to as it were, to be fashion crazy, as it were. Yes, yes, I guess that's a good word for thinking. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the enablers. What have been the enablers of growth? Um, I think one of the biggest enablers is we have... a. Environment, and I'm talking about the global environment, which allows people who, you know, we didn't really need to have a lot of funding to start it. We just need to be very uh, directed and focused and to just kind of learn the system, which is something that we're constantly doing. There's a lot more opportunity for people from, to make stuff from scratch, and we took advantage of that. And I also think that um, I'm personally a, a brander or somebody who um, helps people uh, give a good visual representation of themselves, and I think we took a lot of emphasis on how we presented our product and who we wanted to reach with our product, which is something that um, is important nowadays because if you have a good idea but you don't know how to present it, sometimes it's difficult for people to fully understand what you're trying to do. And I think those two things and just the fact that we well, really we love Ghana um, and are very passionate about everything that goes on here. So the opportunity to kind of blend all these things together, I think is the reason why people keep 
checking in on us and trying to see what we're, we're doing and what we're about. Right. Now, now are your products in Ghana as yet? They they are available, but um, we're based in Canada still. We're still working on a couple of things to have it so it's completely available in Canada, um, in Ghana. But um, as of right now, it's mainly um, online or through um, Canadian boutiques that we have already set up. Right. Then as, when, when they become available in Ghana, tell me I probably may wear glasses made in <laughs> clean material. Right, right. I'll, I'll definitely let you know. Thank a happy you. New Year to you and our best wishes to the Nabuating as well. All right, thank you. I'll let him know. Thank you for having us on the show. Thank you very much and a happy new year to you. Same to you. Right. It is 12 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock and that's the show for tonight celebrating people who are achieving in various fields we call them the apostles of the new economy and so we are looking at different fields of endeavor we've looked at corporate MC we've looked at packaged food literary development we've looked at IT solutions we've looked at glasses um, eyeglasses or eyewear made from reclaimed materials we've looked at bags what is it that you want to do and who said you could not do it just maybe just maybe tonight could spark something for you to believe that it can be done i'm going to talk to a blogger somebody who uses the online space to make her point she's been on the show before fantastic person you just would like her jamil abdullah is the next person her blog is called circumspect and she's in the next in our list of celebrants apostles of the new economy and she's a blogger jamila good evening good evening albert how are you doing excellent and you same here it's great to have you on Springboard once again. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Well, um, since we last spoke, I graduated from my master's program. I'm working um, with the African Development Bank, and I'm in town. We actually organized a professional networking event called Reconnect Ghana. So that's what I've been up to in, in three sentences. <laughs> Jamila, what was your, your, your latest master's degree in? Um, it's in international economics and international affairs. There was some French connection somewhere, I, I recall, from our last interview. Yes, yes. Um, I did French in college, and I've worked in Francophone countries, Senegal. I'm currently working in Tunisia. So I've done translation as well, so that's the French element. Let's talk about blogging. For somebody working in the Af- African Development Bank, why is blogging such a big passion for you? Well, for me, blogging uh, has to do a lot with information sharing, and I think that... Uh, like they say information is power and that couldn't be more true than in our current time when having the relevant information at the right time can really make a difference and i think that with a lot of emphasis on you know africa and its economies growing and developing it's very important that we africans ourselves um portray what's actually going on on the ground and tell our stories tell about our challenges tell about the amazing things that are being down done in country and across the continent right Jamila, do you deal with resistance sometimes uh yeah i do <laughs> tell us just one of the incidents or one of the big big factors that seem to fight against your, your your work as a blogger well i think with regards to blogging uh depending on where where you are operating from uh it's still something that's catching on in a lot of african societies um, and communities, so some people tend to be skeptical. There are some people who would just say, I, I, don't, I can't blog because I don't know how to write or I'm not a good writer. Uh, but blogging really isn't just about writing. It's about capturing content. And so if it's photos, if it's video, if it's audio, and really it's about those interactions. So 
I think a lot of it is just helping make people comfortable with putting themselves out there or putting out information in a you know strategic or systematic way. Um, but aside from that, you know, you just you do what you have to do. Thank you very much, Jamila. And I'm sure that if you, if you had your own way, everyone will have their own blog. Well, no, not necessarily everyone have a blog, but I think if I had my own way, um, Ghana and other African countries would really take a more systematic approach to documenting things and ensuring that there's information access. Let's talk again about this some other time. Jamila, I wish you the very best and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Right. Is the apostles of the new economy on in the new year edition of Springboard, your virtual university? We are listing up people who are doing amazing things in various fields. And the last one was blogging and it was Jamila Abdullahi. The next person is somebody who has demystified publishing of books. We grew up knowing that to publish a book, you need to go to the printing press and produce a book and all the challenges and all the issues that uh, are involved. But this young man has largely pioneered. I mean, there are several others doing the same thing, but he has been very significant in online publishing, doing quite some work with publishing online, not a single copy printed. He just publishes online and then it just moves. His name is Bernard Clive. Bernard Clive. And I have Bernard on the line this evening. Hello, Bernard. Hello, Mr. Friend. BKC, that's what they call him, Bernard Kelvin Clive. <laughs> How are you, my brother? I'm good as good here. Fantastic. So tell me, how this idea of online publishing, where did you, where did you stumble upon the idea? Um, so basically, because I love uh, digital products or things to do with electronics, so I, I keep on discovering or reading around and all the trendings around. So basically, that, that led me to that. My passion to produce content or things to the outside world, that led me to that, basically. So, so let me find out from you. You, you, do you sometimes publish books that you, do, you don't even ever have any copies printed at all? I have, I have several, several books like that. Only e e copies, only not not in print. So, for the benefit of our listeners who don't know how e books work, how do you get your money from that? Okay, there are lots of avenues, but uh, Amazon dot com is the world leading outlet for books or products. So that's the best place anyone is thinking of publishing online should look at into and. What they do is, if you publish your book, they, they have a, a ratio that you, you take 35%, you keep the 65 or vice versa. However, that's what they do. They send you check into your account to be cashed out or via your, what you call EFT, electronic funds transfer to your bank, especially if you're in the US and Canada or UK, then it's to be sent to your bank. Then you can then cash it out. Basically. So, if I understand right, you upload your content on their website and you have it advertised and people who want to buy the book can get the book in soft copy without bothering to print. Exactly. Within 8 to 24 hours, your content will be available for sale. 8 to 24 hours. Bernard, before you go, what will be your message to those who are going around holding manuscripts and saying, I, I, don't, I need help, I don't know how to publish my book. What will be your, your message for them tonight? What I would say that they should get online. But how about you to build these two things? A brand online that is very relevant to the content and produce quality content. They said that content is king, but in this age, it's quality content which is king. So your content and your brand will help sell your, your products, your, your books. Right. Ben, I wish you the very best. And we'll probably have a, a special show to look at 
um, online publishing and, and, and digital generation of content as part of our reposition. As you probably know by now, this year we are focusing on repositioning as our theme for the whole year. So we'll get you into the studio one of these days to look in detail about how to put content online. Bernard, happy new year to you. Right. And so that is the that is the last one for today. As you probably realized, we ran out of time and we've celebrated already about eight people. And we will do more next week when we come back. There are several people doing amazing things and we want to just highlight their work. It's just wonderful to be at home and to get a call that all oh, your work that you're doing has been celebrated or is being celebrated. And I just am enjoying the responses and very importantly, the critical success factors. What are you doing that you think cannot be done on the professional level? What is it that is your passion that you think, oh, if only I could do this as a full-time job? Believe me, if you spend time asking the right questions, you will find out that several things that you call hobbies are being done as full-time jobs by other people. Once again, I want to wish you all a happy new year for tuning in to and thank you for staying tuned to Springboard the whole year in the year 2013. We commit to giving you quality programs in 2014 with a clear focus, repositioning along the lines of entrepreneurship, career, and investment. If you follow these programs all year through on these three fronts, we are confident that you will have a great year. Let's end by wishing you the best of God's blessing and ask that whatever good work God has begun in your life this year, he will complete it by the end of the year. On behalf of Comfort, Philip, Ignatius and Matthew, I want to say thank you to you all for tuning in to Springboard your virtual university. I trust that next week we'll be celebrating more apostles of the new economy. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh,